it was 5.16 in the morning on the 18th of April in 1906. And Frederick Funston was living with his family at 1310 Washington Street. And he said in an article in Cosmopolitan Magazine that was published in July of 1906, which was called How the Army Worked to Save San Francisco. He said he was awakened suddenly by an earthquake that shook the city. The entire streetcar system was brought to a standstill by the damage resulting from the shock. Now, what Funston did is he got out of bed and he ran to the business center of the city and he began to look around at what damage had been done to the hotels and other large buildings. And when he arrived to the highest part of California Street in what is popularly now today known as Knob Hill, he noticed that there were several columns of smoke that were rising from the region south of Market Street and then while others were rising apparently from fires in the banking district, he began to walk rapidly down California Street and he found that several fires were burning fiercely and that the city fire department was helpless and it was because water mains had been shattered by the earthquake. The, the earthquake was so severe and the fires damaged and destroyed the center of the city and left over 300,000 people homeless. Now, Funston was a general in the United States Army. And he immediately, without any sort of direction or authorization, ordered the mobilizations of troops, took command of the local relief efforts, and directed the troops to blow up other buildings to create fire breaks. Now, some people said that Funston had overstepped his authority, but he was credited for establishing communication, sanitation, medical facilities, housing facilities, and brought order to a ravaged city. And because of Funston's capability and position as a military general, he was rewarded and honored as a man who helped save San Francisco. And Cosmopolitan wrote about his deeds in that article. In times of tragedy, you can always look to people who will act heroic. There was a 20th century gospel hymn by Charles Albert Tindley, and it was based around a psalm. The idea was, we won't fear, you know, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, when the storm of life are raging, stand by me. Tinley also wrote, when the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, thou who rulest wind and water stand by me. My name is Stephen Thompson and this is the Stephen Thompson Experience. I'm a man who I believe that I owe debt to those who went before me. It isn't a debt that I can repay with money, but I'm obligated to pay off this debt by giving to others and carrying myself through the world generously.
Now I am surrounded by love and I'm uncovering the gifts that I have. I am driven and guided by the Spirit within me. Join me today as we wander, wander, and witness. I love music and the lessons I teach are inspired by the songs I enjoy. This is Stephen Thompson and this is my experience. Stand By Me is the title of the show today and it is a song originally performed in 1961 by the American singer-songwriter Benny King and written by King, Jerry Lieber, and Mike Stoller. Benny King was inspired by Albert Charles Albert Tendley who wrote the gospel song that was talking about Stand By Me Father. It was also another spiritual written by Sam Cooke and J.W. Alexander. Their lyrics of the second verse in the song comes from Psalm 46, verse 2 and 3. Now, quick fact here. There have been over 400 recorded versions of the song performed by a ton of artists. It was featured, in fact, on the soundtrack of the 1986 same film, Stand By Me, and a music video. In 2012, the estimated royalties of the song had topped $22 million. In fact, it was the sixth highest earning song of the era. And the good news about this is 50% of those royalties were paid directly to Benny King. In fact, in 2015, his original version was inducted into the Library of Congress National Registry, and they called it culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. And this was just five weeks before Ben E. King died. Now, there has been a lot of acts that have covered Stand By Me. In fact, some funny ones, Muhammad Ali made a cover of Stand By Me. Also, Tracy Chapman, a version by Florence and the Machine, and a song of Stand By Me, a cover version done by John Lennon. And a Melbourne club soccer team, Victory FC, play the song before their home matches. And the fans raise their scars above their head and they sing the lyrics. So the idea of stand by me, the idea of that when there are hard times, maybe not necessarily you can come up with a solution very quickly, but maybe these difficult and challenging times that you have to go and endure, you have to go through, and we need someone to go through them with us. Stand by me. Here's some of the lyrics I want to focus on for this episode. If the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall and the mountain should crumble to the sea, I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't shed a tear, just as long as you stand, stand by me. Now, it's interesting in these lyrics, he is saying he's not so much concerned about the tumblings of the mountain and the crumblings of the sea, but what makes him shed a tear? The idea that somebody won't be standing by him because loneliness is worse than the actual tragedy that is unfolding around us. 
And we know that there are tragedies unfolding around us consistently from the day this song was written to the day that we live today. We know that as a universal human experience, there will be difficult times. There will be tragedies. There will be difficult times. And in those difficult times, crumbling of the sea, the mountains falling, the tears won't come as long as we have somebody to stand by me. And when people need somebody to stand by them, they can look to the past and find people who acted heroically in the face of great tragedy, in the face of injustice, and their gifts and their talents are inspiration for us so that even in the grave or the annals of history, people still have the ability to stand by us. And today is International Women's Day. And I want to talk a little bit about a woman who stood in her time by people and she still has the ability to stand by us today. Phyllis Wheatley was one of the best known poets of pre-19th century America. She was enslaved in the household of a prominent Boston commercialist who was, and she was educated as a slave. And as, even as a slave, Phyllis Wheatley wrote poems that were captured both in America and England, where her poems were published. She was able to travel to England and read her poems to political leaders inside of England. And Whitley, Wheatley wrote poems that promoted abolitionists. That means freeing of the slaves. And she showed that a slave could be artistic and intellectuals. In fact, her name was such a household name among the colonists who read, and her achievements were known to have sparked the anti-slavery movement. She wrote a letter to a minister. The minister's name was Sansom, Samson Octum. And uh, she was free and she published repeatedly in Boston newspapers. And in 1774, she talked about slaveholding. And she said, slaveholding is the same thing as the pagan Egyptians in ancient times. And this is quoting Phyllis Wheatley. I want to quote her. Otherwise, perhaps the Israelites had been less solicitous for their freedom from Egyptian slavery. I don't say they would have been contented without it. By no means, for in every human heart, God has implanted a principle which we call love of freedom. It is impatient of oppression and pants for deliverance. And by the leave of our model Egyptians, I will assert that the same principle lives in us. Phyllis Wheatley, in the past decade or so, a lot of scholars have uncovered many poems and letters about her life and her 
association with abolitionists in the 18th century. And they began to look at her poems and find that she was heavily influenced by a lot of biblical principles. At the time, really a lot of books that everybody had is everybody had a, a Bible in their home. So that was really people were taught to read from the Bible. So a lot of her writing was influenced by biblical allegory. And the research has found that Wheatley used her art to denounce the institution of slavery. And that's an important thing because art today can be used in order to stand by someone and able to use your creative abilities to stand by someone else, to give someone who doesn't have a voice a voice. And even today, people who study the 18th century all revere this woman. This is a quote by Sandra O'Neill, a professor at Emory University. She said, Wheatley's art and more salient facts about her life and works will be surely known and celebrated by all who study 18th century, the 18th century and by all who revere this woman, a most important poet in the American literary canon. Let's go back to those lyrics again. Should the mountains tumble and fall, and the mountains should crumble to the sea, I won't cry, I won't shed a tear. No, I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand by me. Think back on International Women Day to the women in your life and what they did for you. I think about my wife, and she stands by me. She helped me every day to be a better human being. In fact, she helped me today just find the cord for my microphone that I plug into this mic to record this podcast. I think about my mother who originally stood by me, carried me for nine months, and then through the early years of my life was the person who I could always turn to and count on for unconditional, devoted love without mercy and with without judgment and with plenty of mercy. My mother stood by me. There are mentors in my life who are have been women. I think about aunts and cousins and women that I both know and don't know, women that I've read about who act as an inspiration and who have stood by others. The point of this is, is that we have been stood by in times of trouble and we need to recognize those who stood by us. In turn, we need to stand by others. Stand by me. My name is Stephen Thompson, and I'm a creative artist who works to put his work into the world with consistency. You can find my writing at the Stephen Thompson Revolution, where I'm currently releasing my new novel, The Adventures of Aquafunkapus and His Band of Misfits Heroes. I'm doing a 30-week release of the works of this novel. I'm going to be on week seven this week and you can go over the Stephen Thompson revolution and read that. And also I have a brand new YouTube channel called the Stephen Thompson experience. I'm doing a 90 day YouTube challenge to jump off my calendar. I'm on day 15, which I'm going to record as soon as I stop this episode. Okay. I believe in showing up in the world in a generous way and working to contribute a piece of something that is positive. And I want to build upon that and help you to connect to an action on a path that serves your highest ideals and that contributes to making life 
a little bit better. You can find that peace in the midst of storms. This is Stephen Thompson, and this has been my experience.